0: Hey, good morning everybody. Hey, if you are in the room or you're watching online, man, we are really glad that you are with us today, that you are worshiping with us, and um, we are continuing uh, today our series in the parables, and last night I was tucking in Layla, she's our um, eight-year-old, and I saw one of her blankets on the floor, and, and I had a, a bit of a triggering moment in that, because it's this, it's this white and pink blanket that she has, it's real fuzzy, but at one point we had we had four of them. I mean she she was incredibly attached to the one and like it was one of these deals where like if you put it in the in the washing machine there was a there was a, a bit of a tragedy. This was when she was real little. and So we decided to buy um, three exact of the same. So now we had four. But unfortunately for us there was one that was super special that that you um that that that, that she just knew. And by and by super special I mean obnoxiously and awfully gross. Because there was this corner that she would put in her mouth and chew, and it was just this blackened, disgusting mess, but it was the special one. And so she could, even if you cleaned it or whatever, she could tell, she could just run her fingers around it, and she knew exactly which one was special. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't trick her at, at, at any age, and so we, 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 we tried to do something, but it, it, it didn't work. And um, this was, so she's had these things now for about six years, and last January, uh, so I guess about 18 months ago, we went on a, we went on a cruise, and we brought Special Blankie with us, and apparently somewhere along the way, in the hotel the night before, where we spent the night before we got on the cruise, somewhere on the boat, somewhere along the way, we lost Special Blankie, and we figured it out while we were on the boat, and so when we got back, we called all the places where we had where he had stayed, where Special Blanky could possibly have been. We could not locate Special Blanky. And, um, and so, but they said that they would look for it. And so we did what, you know, I guess good Christian parents would do with their daughter. You know, you just sit down, you just pray, and we'll just... We'll just ask God for a return of special blankie. Meanwhile, we're hoping that somehow we can trick her into one of the other ones, which is not good parenting, so good parenting, not bad good parenting. Anyway, we so it, it never comes. Special blankie never arrives. And it was devastating. And there was this moment in particular that I remember where she's trying to go to bed, and she feels like she can't go to bed because she doesn't have special blankie. And she is just sobbing her eyes out, having this, bit of a a seven-year-old theological crisis about, but we prayed about it. Why didn't God bring back special blankie? And now she's crying, and I'm trying not to cry a little bit. I'm crying right now, and I'm trying not to cry for you. And um, because there's this thing, you know, there's this point in, in everyone's lives where the simplicity of, I say a prayer and it immediately happens... And, and everything I pray for just happens, there comes a point where you have this bit of a small crisis of faith about how does prayer really work when there's something that you really pray for and it, and it doesn't come about in the way that you want or in the time that you want or just, in the case of Special blanket, it just doesn't happen. And you just kind of have to wrestle with that. And I guess there was just this part of me as a dad that wanted to delay that past um, seven years of age, but here she was... She's going through this thing that we all do. And obviously, as a whole family, we've gone through this. And I just want to say, for those of you who have been around for a while, I gave you a full six-month reprieve without talking about that stupid house that we used to own in Cabot, Arkansas. We sold it finally after 10 years in in January. And I haven't talked about it since then. And I gave you six months, but we're back. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll explain it briefly. We moved here in August 2010. So here in a couple of weeks, it will have been... A full 10 years since we um, moved to Fayetteville. And we, we, we moved without being able to sell the house that we lived in in Cabot, Arkansas. And through just insane circumstances and a lot of just weird things over the course of, I guess, the nine and a half years since we put it on the market, it just wouldn't sell. And then finally it did. And, and, and I can say with, with confidence that there I don't know that there's anything that I'm personally aware of in my life it has been prayed for more by more people i mean obviously like big big picture global thing sure but just like the, the 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 hundreds really thousands of people all over the world that were praying for this and time after time we would get close and it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen you know, and it was a, it was been a journey of faith for me, for my wife, really for our whole family, and for the thousands, for the varying churches who, unfortunately, got sucked into this. Most notably, you guys. As um, as far as man, how is it that you can pray so relentlessly, so passionately for something for a long period of time, and still not see the answer? And whether it's special blankie, whether it's a, it's a ridiculous house, there is something, I'm sure, that in all of our lives, at some point where we have committed something passionately to prayer, and, the, and, and, it, just, and it just didn't happen. And we try to wrestle with that. And the parable that we're looking at today, in Luke chapter 18, um, Jesus addresses this. And he has some really, I think, some really powerful things for us to consider as we are thinking about our own prayer life and what God's doing. So Luke chapter 18, starting with verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. This is a little bonus feature that we usually don't get in some of these parables. Usually it's just a random story. That Jesus kind of tells, no context, no nothing. He just says, hey, the kingdom of God's like this. And he says something completely random. This at least we've got a little preamble here. Do we know what we're talking about? So we know what the point is. To show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Now there's a little bit more here at the end, but that really thats the end of the parable. He's going to give a little explanation, but I think this is just like... One of the greatest parables. Because in all these stories, these parables we've been doing up to this point, God is like this really kind king. He's this really awesome dad. And the, 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 the figure with which we are supposed to be comparing, we're the widow asking for justice, the figure that we're supposed to be comparing God to is this awful judge who, by Jesus' definition, doesn't fear God, doesn't care what people think. And apparently, the only motivation for answering this woman's plea is, I just hope she'll just leave me alone. She's nagging me to death, and eventually she might hurt me. And so I'm just going to give her what she wants so she'll leave me alone so I don't get hurt, which is great. This is lots of parallels here between her, him and God, I guess, but no, not really. Verse 6, so he swings a little bit better. Verse 6, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you... He will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The Son of Man is a title that Jesus has. It's one of the titles he has. And it is connected to um, some Old Testament prophecies. That So Jesus is connecting himself with that. And these Old Testament prophecies specifically are connecting this Messiah figure that Jesus is to what's going to happen at the end times. And so we'll come back to kind of come back to that at some point um, in the next few minutes. But basically, when he refers himself as the Son of Man, very often he is referring to himself and thinking about kind of what is going to happen when the the earth comes to an end. So again, let's just go back to verse 6. Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly... However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So there's a compare and contrast here that Jesus is doing, and he does it at least one other place that I'm immediately aware of, where he says, here is someone that really is not particularly admirable, and this is the good thing that they do. How much more will, in contrast, will God do something? And Jesus is referring, talking to people, he's like, man, if if your son wants bread, you're not going to give him a rock if he he wants fish to eat, you're not going to give him a snake. And then he says this, If you, being evil, know how to take care of your kids, how much more will will God in heaven do the same thing? And so we have here an an example. Imagine that the, the worst type of judge you can possibly imagine. Just the worst kind of judge. The worst kind of judge in the world. Will eventually relent and give justice to someone who was persistent. By contrast, how much will a good and loving God ultimately give justice to the people that are crying out to him? So, that, 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 that explanation helps a little bit, but there's still, I think, there's some underlying questions about what really the point Jesus is making. But I think that if we just kind of ask, ask and kind of answer some of these questions and understand it a little bit better, I think it can give us maybe the strength, the, the, the courage that we need in order to pray and be the type of faithful prayers that, um, that, 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 that God wants us to be. But the first thing that I, d- I definitely believe that we need to notice is is, is that just even in the very premise of Jesus' parable and explanation, we need to understand this: is that justice is sometimes delayed. I mean that that's that's just that's just the very I mean that's just that's just kind of where he starts. He starts with this idea. That there are people who are crying out to God for something that is a good thing. They're crying out to God for something that ultimately God has said He will ultimately answer. So it's a good thing. God has said He will ultimately answer it. His people are passionately praying for it. Um, I mean, who cry out to Him day and night. So they're doing all of the right things. They are trusting in God's promises. But ultimately, the answer to their prayer is delayed. They are not getting what God has promised them in a time frame that seems good and appropriate to them. And I think that, that just in and of itself is something that we just kind of need to take a step back from and make sure that we're clear about that there are going to be some really good things that you know are, that are on your heart, that you know that are on the heart of God, that are very important to Him, and that you know that He's promised He's going to answer, but there will be a delay. Now, we could spend a lot of time talking about why there's this delay, and I'll have something to say about it pretty close to the end. But at this point, just right now, just put your mind around that. God, God, in, in, in a world of... God, it's, such, it's such an overused pastor thing, and I'm just going to say it, and I'm going to feel terrible about it. In a world where we expect everything instantly, and microwaves, and, and my internet's slow, and... Oh, anyways, okay... Anyways, I'm I'm sorry that I used the the, the old cr- uh, cranky pastor analogy, but we do we do actually live in a world where we expect everything to be quickly. I mean, I mean, I, I can remember. I, I remember back in the day where like if if you got a picture on a website to load within 30 seconds, you were like pretty excited about your your download speeds, right? And now if if the if the video buffers for a quarter of a second, you're like you're like calling competitors, right? And um, well, I mean, sometimes what God does is, is going to feel very slow. It's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like that He is not doing it in the way that you want it. This thing, it's important. It's important to me. It's important to God. I've read the Word. It says it is. It's important. If it's important, it's important now. If it's good, it's good now. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it now. But sometimes justice is delayed. And and again, I want to make sure that we're clear on the definition of justice. We've talked about this before. Justice is getting exactly what you deserve. And that God is a just God, and He never gives somebody what they don't deserve. He never punishes somebody when they don't deserve it. He always gives people what they deserve. And when God doesn't give people what they deserve, it's to give them better than what they deserve, which is what grace and mercy are. Grace is getting something good you don't deserve, Mercy is not getting something bad that you do deserve, but God's never going to punish you more than what you do, what you deserve. So you don't have to ever worry about God being just with you. The type of justice He's talking about here is that God is just, but this world is not just. That you're going to be in situations all the time that are unjust. I did. I do not deserve what is happening to me from this person. The way that I'm getting treated, the circumstances that I'm in, the way that I'm being hurt, the way that I'm being treated, this person is treating me in an unjust way. So he's specifically pe- talking to a group of poor people who are being oppressed by a conquering, um, by a conquering country. They, they are under Roman oppression. They are poor, they are impoverished, they are powerless, and they are being treated in a completely unjust way. And they are crying out to him. And so this is not God treating them unjustly, this is people treating them unjustly, and they're crying out, we want justice. And the heart of God is, is I want that for you. And he's saying that I will eventually give it to you. But at this point, what he's saying is, is that it's delayed, this bad thing is happening to you. It is not your fault. God does not want this bad thing to happen to you. But instead of immediately answering the prayer, the justice the the answer is is delayed. And again, without trying to make a lot of excuses for God, without without trying to put a, a too many nice ribbons and bows around that, I think I think I think it's important for us to just kind of take all that in. Because, man, I, I mean, just even in this current circumstance that we're in right now, I mean, we, I, I still remember uh, that, that, that Friday in March, I guess I think the Friday in March was March 13th. March 11th was the Wednesday, I believe, when the NBA game got canceled because of the virus and the dominoes all started to fall. And we canceled church and it was just going to be for the rest of March. And then about a week or so later, it was 30 days to stop the spread. And then it was just going to be April. And then, and then, and then, and then it looked like everything was, and now it's, and it's, and it's just, and it's, it's, it's just awful. And, and as of right now, and and I'm, it's, it's, I'm not really keeping track. I just kind of came up with this this morning as I was thinking about it. Right now, I'm one for 12 on, uh, I guess, guess I'll say the positive way. I'm 11 for 12 and praying for people who are getting COVID tests. Right, it's not a bad percentage, unless you're the one out of twelve. And all of us, I would imagine, have been praying. I have been. God, can we just? Can we just not with this anymore? Can we just? Can we just not? Can we just? Can we just? Please? Can we just be? Can we just be done? And we're not. I mean, the number of times I've said this over the last month, I am so ready to be done with this, but they just won't let me. I'm not sure who they is. It's the virus, I guess, and it's just all the things. It just I want to be done. We can't, and it just seems to be at least you know I go through these cycles we all do. Just this heaviness, this heaviness of the delay, of of the healing, the delay of the redemption, the, re, the of the bringing of, of 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 restoring order, but it's delayed. But the thing that. Jesus says here too that I mean, should we understand verse eight? I tell you, He will see that they get justice, and quickly is what He says. Quickly, He says, you will get it quickly. So I want to make sure you understand this: God has a very different definition of quickly. He just does. What He says when He says something is going to happen quickly man we just we don't we don't have any concept of that and we'll just start with this we'll just start with we'll just go back to the beginning of exodus when god's people his very chosen people got brought taken into slavery by egypt and god i would imagine by his definition by his definition would say that he brought justice to them quickly you know how long they were in captivity before God rescued them, 400 years. 400 years. When God brought the answer to that prayer. 400 years. And when you um, are an eternal being, who who has, you know, who, who I mean, uh, uh, probably just exists outside the concept of time, and you am going to say, uh, you know, a thousand years is like a day to Him. I mean, that was... Man, I answer, if if that's true in his concept of time, then he answered that prayer like 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 less than half a day. Just a few hours. Just a few hours. Answered your prayer. Just a few hours. What are you talking about? It's been so long. And the things that we're waiting for again on this. On again, don't don't ever really do this when I'm doing right now. So I, maybe I should stop. It's not some mathematical calculation. We're just doing a bit here. Okay, it's just a bit. But like even like it. it If a thousand years is a day, the things that we've been praying for, we have not even been praying for them for minutes yet. But God is going to act quickly. And again, this is where we also need to make sure that we're entirely clear. He says he's going to act quickly, and he says, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So he says... I'm going to act quickly. I am going to restore justice, and I'm going to do it quickly. I'm going to do it soon. I'm going, I, this is going to happen. And then he makes an end-of-the-world reference. Which, honestly, again, if we're, if we're paying attention, and I promise we're going to get a little bit better here in just a minute. If we're paying attention, uh, we, this is just all a little bit disheartening. Justice is delayed, but he's going to act quickly. And by quickly, he means an, he makes an end times reference. I mean, that's just a little bit overwhelming. That somehow that there are going to be some of these things that we are crying out to God for. The hope that we have, this, this, this restoration that we want. That some of these things aren't going to be able to be answered until, uh, un, until the end. That can be a little bit dis- disheartening again when we want things to happen right now. But if we're, we're praying for some of the big things, I want justice to reign in this world. I want there to be peace everywhere. That is something that we can know will happen, but is also something that God has promised isn't going to happen until things come to an end. And there's something there's something really bad that I think that can happen in our minds when. We get a little bit overwhelmed by these unfortunate facts these unfortunate facts that justice is delayed that sometimes what god means by he's going to answer and answer it quickly is something very different than what we mean is that somehow that we can take that to mean well then then what's the point point? and sometimes it has been used as an excuse for us to not be the people that god has called us to who are passionately praying and asking for God, and and has kept us from being the people who are passionately acting towards justice and peace right now. Cover to cover throughout the scripture, God is calling his people to advocate for those who do not have an advocate. You'll notice that primarily in the Old Testament when he's always constantly saying this to, to his people, he says, be sure to give special attention to the widow, the orphan, and the, the alien stranger in your land. Because those are the people who could not own land, those are the people who did not have normal property rights, and God would say to them, I have a special, special place in my heart for those who have been excluded from the system. You make sure you have a special heart for them too. God's ultimate justice is going to come at some point, I guess quickly in the future. But right now, God is still calling for us to work and advocate and love and give special hope and special attention to those who are outside. So whatever your application from this is, do not let it be that somehow your application is, what's the point anyway? If God's going to delay, I'm going to delay. God says he's going to delay, but he's called you to action right now. So do not let that happen, and especially do not let it discourage you from continuing to passionately pray, because that is ultimately the point of this. We said it in verse 1. This is a parable to show us that we should always pray and not give up. Verse 8, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Justice is sometimes delayed. God has a different definition of quickly, but keep the faith. Will he find faith on the earth? I mean, like, and my, my answer to I like, make sure if you will just come quickly. Um, will his people hang in there? No matter what this world throws out, no matter how unjust the world gets, no matter how sick the world gets, no matter what disruption there is, Will God continue to find faith amongst his people here on this earth? Will he come here and see? Every time he takes a little glance, and again, God is everywhere all the time. So this is all just kind of metaphor. When God looks, does He see faith? When He sees you, does He see faith? Is He going to see faith? Someone who very passionately continues to trust and believe in a good and awesome God is following Him faithfully, and I trust and believe in Him. Is that when the Son of Man does come quickly, will He find that level of faith in us? Will he find that even though circumstances all around me seem to discourage me, there is nothing that will discourage me from my faith and trust in an awesome God? I believe in Him even if justice is delayed. And we left my definition of quickly in the rearview mirror a long, long time ago. Now, there's an interesting thing that, 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 that comes from this passage, and there's there's some debate about this amongst people, about if you ask God for something once and you confidently believe it and you pray for it in faith, does it show a lack of faith to pray for it again? In fact, there's some disagreement amongst me and some of my friends about about this idea, about what this really looks like. And I think that we can say, on the one hand, there is such a thing as a prayer of... A prayer that lacks faith. God, I, God I, I pray that you will sell this house. And then the next day, it's like, God, what is wrong with you? Why would not you just sell the house already? And, 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 and you just kind of move into this kind of desperation. You're continuing to pray, but you have lost faith. But there is something to be said here. I mean, Jesus says it. That there are things, man, we should always be praying for. I mean, if if we say that you only have to pray for something once and then that's it, then I could take care of everybody right now. God bring peace everywhere to the whole world. I pray that once, now we're all done. But we're not going to be done. We should all be praying for that. And we should all be praying, believing that God is going to take action. We should believe and trust that the God of the universe is active and is passionate about the things that he says he's going to be and is going to do the things and he's going to advocate for his people that he will bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. And so my prayer, even if I'm in the middle of something that is already delayed, something that is going to continue to be delayed, I pray like someone who trusts in a good God and I know He wants the best for me and He wants the best for His people. And I'm going to pray like that. I'm going to pray with passion. and I'm going to pray with faith and trust. Because the reality of it is, God does some incredible things in you just in you doing that. God's got two primary agendas right now in your life is that he wants to make you better and he wants you to make a difference. And by you being someone who is praying full of faith and trusting and asking God to do things, not only is he deepening your faith in him, but he's also going to be shifting your heart for, God, I just pray that you would bring hope and and resources and encourage and, and, and to the poor and the broken in our community. You pray that every day. Next thing you know, you're going to find yourself on the community care team. Because the more you pray for something, the more God's going to shape your heart about it. God, I pray that, that God, that you would bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to places all over the world. You pray for that every day. You may find yourself a missionary or, at a, at a minimum, on a lot of their support teams. Because God is going to use your faith filled prayers to change you and to change the world. There's every reason, it seems, to be discouraged. The world's getting, it seems, more broken. There's more hurt, more pain. And unfortunately, the Bible predicted that. And so it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get overwhelmed. And you're not going to get one bit of of judgment from me for any moment in your life just feeling like I've I've kind of reached my limit. But believe... Have faith in the God who wants justice and peace in your life and the lives of others and in this world. And even as that justice seems delayed, as that answer seems delayed, continue to pray, continue to build your trust and your faith in an awesome God. And let Him change you and let Him use you to make a difference in this world. So I just encourage you, maybe you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're in kind of in the ups and downs of these last few months, maybe you're kind of at an up, and we just ask you, man, just to pray for those who are around you, who are just discouraged. Let's just pray that when, that when the Son of Man does come back, He will find faith on this earth right here in our lives, and the lives of His people all around the world. Let's just pray that God will build up all of our faithfulness, that build up our passion and desire to pray, that he will, he will build up in us where He is using these circumstances not to discourage us, not to overwhelm us, but to make us better on the inside, to change our hearts and to give us more of a passion to bring hope and love to a world that so desperately needs it. So whether you're at home or here, I just encourage you to pray that. Pray to kind of have uh, some time of worship and reflection. Think about um, how awesome God is and how in the midst of difficult circumstances and delayed justice, you can find hope and life in him. Let's pray.